The following is an original audio series from Sierra International Machinery, Pile of Scrap, with your host, John Sacco. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of Pile of Scrap. Today, I'm going to be doing this podcast solo and uh, kind of excited because we're going to discuss some things that I think are important as we move into 2023 and we review what's happened over the last few years and what's going on in our industry, what we need to talk about and how we need to move forward. So welcome everybody. I hope you had a beautiful Christmas, Hanukkah and holiday season. Uh, I know I sure did and um, I'm happy to be here to uh, discuss recycling from a different standpoint. ISRI, the Institute of Scrap Recycling Industries, created this booklet called The Common Language for the Recycled Materials Industry. And I've been using this for the better part of over a year now, the recycled materials industry. That's who we are. And why is that important? Because our materials that we handle every day in this industry are recycled materials. And these materials are what is really the first step into manufacturing. So today, if you've noticed here on this desk of mine here and the little props I have here, we're going to discuss materials that really define our everyday lives. And um, most of you know that I'm doing a uh, docu-series. It's called Repurposed. And Repurposed, we are going to do an in-depth dive into how recycled metals and paper and other items impact our daily lives. Because without the recycled materials industry, quite frankly, our lives would look dramatically different. So let's get down to it and let's discuss one of the most important things in our industry in years past. We used to call ourselves, you know, junk dealers years ago and scrap dealers and recycling. Why the change now? Because really, when you say those words, we know what it means, but the people who hear it, they hear another thing. And we have to be careful because it's not what we say, it's what they hear. And the government... And these budgets that have passed have given $500 billion to the EPA solely for the purpose of environmental justice. And one of the industries that they're taking a hard look at is the recycled materials industry. So in order to combat misconceptions of our industries, we need to speak with a common language. When we speak to people outside our industry, of course, within our industry, you call your friend up and you're selling materials. You talk the language if you've known all your life. But when we step out from behind that desk and we greet policymakers and regulators, we have to talk with a common language. And that language is discussing the output of what our industry does. Because without the materials we recycle on a daily basis, we don't have so much. And let's get into it. So let's just start. I have here on my desk, got a lot of uh, materials. So let's talk about, I'll just pull this one up first. This is an old faucet. Well, this faucet, uh, you know, up in Kohler, Wisconsin, Kohler is one of the big, man, there's many others, but I I, I like Kohler because I like their golf course. Um But they make faucets and plumbing items out of brass. Brass is an ingot. uh, Well, brass is not an ingot. Brass is made from zinc and copper and a combination of other materials. And why? It's because it's an anti-corrosive nature. And you can't just put water through steel and plumb it through houses. That would corrode over time, which becomes problematic. So the kitchen faucet or the bathroom faucet or the bathroom shower head... um, you know, they're made from brass, 
and this is what lasts. But that brass that is being used to be melted into new faucets like this comes from the recycled materials industry. So first things first is you can't wake up and shower in the morning without brass being part of your life or use a toilet or any plumbing. You know, I have other materials here. You know, everybody sees this underneath the sink. Well, that's a piece of brass. And this brass, again, made from copper and zinc on a combo and other materials. This is what we need in everyday lives because really the health, think about the health of our nation and of humanity with proper uh, disposal or proper, um, well, <laughs> when we go to the bathroom, we have to properly dispose of human waste, if you will. And without it, you know, our, our environment would be, um, would not be safe. It'd be quite contaminated, if you will. Okay, here's a, a brass valve. Now, these, uh, you know, these are water valves used in so many areas of industry, from industrial plants to farming to uh, hospitals. You know, again, anti-corrosive nature. Uh, brass is used so they can move water through this and it won't corrode and it's going to last a very, very long time. And again, these metals are infinitely recyclable. So let's keep moving on. Let's talk about our electrical grid. Here's a beautiful piece of copper wire that was stripped that comes from the oil fields, which provides energy for our country, which provides the, you know, the fuels we need to, to do farming and to use transportation to move products, be it rail, be it the highway or air freight, you know, without um, electrical grid and without the energy sector, we're not going to be able to do that. So this copper wire here is going to be recycled and it's going to be put back into um, more recycled uh, content into the electrical grid. And if you think about your lights, when you turn on a light in your house and into a bedroom or to a kitchen or to your office building or a restaurant, we can keep going on and on. The electrical wiring to help turn on those lights is made of recycled copper. Huge amount of copper content in any wiring. It's over 33% minimum, and there's more in other applications. But think of medical supplies. Think about an operating room in a hospital. How are we going to operate without all the electrical you know, requirements for the monitoring of the person who's in an operating room, monitoring the heart, the breathing, and all the tools? And that's all powered by copper. And copper, most of the copper that we're using in these elements come from recycled copper. So let's keep that in mind. The health of our nation and the health of our people stems from recycled metal. Here I have a, this is a defibrillator that we keep in, a, in our office. There's uh, electrical components in there made from recycled copper. There's an aluminum uh, canister of oxygen to put somebody on oxygen should a medical emergency arise that aluminum is going to be made from recycled aluminum again i think you see it now how recycled metals touch our daily lives and this one i love this is one of my personal favorites here this is uh <laughs> this is an old-fashioned iron well recycled iron is what goes into making all the steel that is required to build our bridges to build our roads um, to build the foundations that have rebar in it, to, to build buildings that have structural steel in it. That is all coming from recycled 
iron. Over 70% of all new steel in America is made from recycled iron. We are doing a plant expansion in our factory in Jessup, Georgia, and all the steel beams and the 24,000 square foot expansion and 96,000 square feet altogether, all, every one of those beams came from a steel mill in America that was made from 100% recycled iron. And I think you have to understand that every building, every skyscraper, hospital, school, the steel beams in there are coming from recycled iron. So without a vibrant, healthy recycling industry, or the recycled materials industry, as I like to call it, that's not going to be available. So what are we going to build our hospitals out of? Are they going to look like Civil War hospitals, cabins, one-story, dirt floors? See, I don't think that's that's... That's even an option. So we have to think clearly why the recycled materials industry is essential to every part of our daily lives. Here's uh, another, um, here's an electrical wire to a sensor with an aluminum mount. All of this made from recycled materials. So my water flask, it's a Yeti. I'm not promoting Yeti. There's many out there, but this one's a Yeti. It's made from stainless steel. Stainless steel is mostly made in this country from recycled stainless and or iron, recycled iron mixed in with nickel. So, and again, in a restaurant, stainless steel in your kitchens, uh, in the hospital beds. Again, without recycled stainless, without recycled metals, what are we going to operate on? So that's very important. And it keeps your water cold. All right. Let's keep moving on. Some other interesting uses for aluminum is this, this picture here uh, of our factory in Georgia. This picture is on aluminum. And it's really cool. And it's, uh, again, it's made from recycled aluminum. Now, let's talk about the products you've probably received during the holiday season. A lot of them come in, a lot of these plastic bags. And though this plastic might be recyclable, it is very difficult to recycle because it has the bubble wrap mixed with a different plastic. And I think, you know, the industry itself as the products manufacturers and shippers like Amazon. See, here's an Amazon package made from paper that something was shipped in. Much better and easier to recycle this paper than it is plastic. So I think the uh, product manufacturers and, and people like Amazon and anybody shipping any product, you know, are going to be morally responsible to ship their product in an easily recyclable product such as this paper bag versus this pl uh, this plastic bag. So, you know, again, I think we can all recognize the Amazon logo here on a box made from cardboard. Cardboard has, you know, over 50, 60 percent of cardboard is made from recycled paper. And uh, that's important because the products we touch, you have to know, well, where'd they come from? It's not just virgin uh, wood. Now, let's let's dispel this myth that we're cutting our forest down to make paper. No, we're not. Um, paper made from virgin wood usually come from tree farms that paper mills own. So it's a crop. It's kind of like, you know, corn, wheat that is grown Okay, it's harvested every 40, 50 years, unlike wheat and, you know, that's a rotational crop that is, you know, a few months and you got a crop. So I think that's important 
for everybody again to to talk about when we talk to people about our industry, what we're doing. So as we go forward into 2023, it's my hope that people in our industry and people outside our industry understand that their daily lives will be completely impacted in a negative way without the recycled metals industry or recycled materials industry. Think about your car. Uh, Most of the steel in your cars comes from recycled iron, your brakes. That's 100% recycled iron because they're coming from foundries within the U.S. that their sole purpose is making the brake mechanisms for vehicles. Uh, Aluminum transmissions, aluminum uh, motors, and and like the Ford F-150, military-grade aluminum. That's all made from recycled aluminum. So uh, take that out. um, You know, it'd be very difficult to live our daily lives without it. So, you know, I think that's where I wanted to, to... to start uh, the new year is for people to get their mindset ready that when we talk about the recycled materials industry, we are the first step in manufacturing. We are the main raw materials for the supply chain, for the mills, the steel mills, aluminum mills and foundries and copper smelters and foundries uh, uh, across the United States, across the world, really, that are using our materials to make new products. And that is paramount to our infrastructure. You know, think about our infrastructure in this country. Steel's your first thing, and then aluminum, and then copper. All, most of those materials come from the recycled materials industry. And I'm not sure I could say it enough. And also, what are we doing when we recycle these materials? We're saving natural resources. We don't need to be mining the iron ore, the aluminum bauxite, and, uh, from mining from the the resources we have natural resources we have on earth we're saving it by recycling and using recycled materials for that so i want to talk about food for a second because food is an interesting thing I, you know you, you see people you, you know they say oil's bad and they say um this is bad and that is bad and, and i'm trying to wonder how are you going to eat without the recycled materials industry. Why do I say that? Because John Deere, let's use John Deere as an example. They have foundries as other harvesters, international harvester and case and who have you, who are creating the machines that harvest our food. They're made from steel. Most of it's made from recycled steel, recycled iron. And so when they harvest those crops, they ship them off in truck by rail or, you know, barge on a, like on the Mississippi, well, all of that's made from some form of metal, mostly coming from recycled metals. Then it's going to a processing plant. Well, that plant that was built to process uh, farm products to be made into food products is going to be mostly made of steel and steel products, metal products, all coming from the recycled materials industry. And then they get made into food, and then that food gets packaged. It's going to get packaged in, in paper products uh, in the boxes that get shipped to the markets throughout the United States and or medical supplies that are shipped in cardboard boxes. All again, most of that's coming from recycled paper. So think about the whole chain and and, and, and if you eliminated the recycled materials industry, take it away. You'd be taking away our ability to eat. You'd be taking our ability away to, uh, to move about in this country, be it by automobile, by train, by airplane. Because, you know, fuselages on airplanes come from recycled metals, 
of recycled aluminum with copper content. So again, in the motors with titanium in there recycled, our medical, we would not be as healthy because we wouldn't be able to have all the medical devices we need to keep people going. You know, I did a thing uh, earlier this year about discussing uh, titanium and cobalt, how it's used for implants, for knee replacements, hip replacements, shoulder replacements, or if somebody fractures their leg, um, you know, take some of these athletes who, who break their legs and you see them, they have pins and screws inserted into their bones. Uh, that's material that they use for those operations come from the recycled materials industry. So, you know, look at so much of how our daily lives are affected. Now, let's talk about shifting gears away from the products that are being made from recycled materials to the mills in America. Take a steel mill. Sometimes people think that, oh, they're a big polluter, they're creating carbon emissions. But do you know that electric arc furnaces, electric arc furnaces as EAFs, use recycled iron as their main source of raw material. Not quite 100% because they sometimes they have some other uh, supplements, but basically the mills in America, most of the mills are, ma- are making steel from electric arc furnaces, and that saves electricity. It saves over 60% electricity, and over 60% of the carbon emissions are based on the fact that using EAFs, reduce the amount of CO2 emissions. There are a lot of mills all over this world that are integrated that use uh, coking coking coal and pig iron or iron ore from the mines to make new steel. Well, those mills are higher pollutants and their CO2 emissions, maybe it's in another country, but CO2 emissions have no borders. And I think that's important because you can eliminate industry in America. Because, oh, it looks like it's a pollutant industry. Well, the fact of the matter is somebody else is going to have to make those products for our daily lives. And CO2 emissions, they don't have a border. If it's made in the Middle East or made in Asia, it gets up in the atmosphere. Do you think it goes, oh, well, it's getting over to the Pacific. I'm not going to enter into the United States. That's crazy. So in America, we have such incredible systems for our environmental stewardship at the mills here in America that we make new metals from recycled metals cleaner than anybody because of our environmental stewardship in this country. And another thing that's important, how about the safety of the employees? You know, I visited a steel mill this year, SSAB in Iowa, and before I ever was allowed to go into the mill, we had to do safety briefing. And they have a four-year safety training cycle for their employees that work in the mills. And the safety gear from the steel toe shoes to the fire retardant long sleeve shirts you have to wear and to the eye protection and to the hard hats and the things that they are using within the mill to keep their employees safe. There are a lot of mills outside this country that if you were to see the working conditions, you would be appalled because they're not safe. You have people working in copper and aluminum mills and working in sandals. And if molten metal is spilt, the tragedy of, of the human loss of limb that's going to happen or life because of this. No, these industries need to stay in a country that has the best safety and environmental stewardship in the world. And that's right here in this country. So let's, let's not be so quick to say, oh, we don't want this in America. 
because it looks like it's polluting. Well, let me tell you something. We do it the cleanest and safest out of anybody in the world. And in my docu-series, Repurpose, we will touch on that. There'll be a whole episode in season one about that. So it's, it's very important for me to talk about it. And, you know, so getting back to what it is we've talking about, my, my goal for people to hear about our industry is that we are essential because our daily lives depend on our industry because all the materials that we touch on a daily basis that are made from metal or made from paper are coming from the recycled materials industry. Now, look, I'm not touching on plastics because that's, that's not a niche I'm really familiar with and, or electronics uh, recycling. Uh, there are a lot of people going out there and doing a great job in that part. But, you know, when you talk recycling to people, what's the first thing they say? Oh, yeah, I recycle. I have a blue bin at home. And then they want to ask you, are you sure yogurt containers aren't recyclable? Well, that's not my niche. And when you take household recycling as a weight, it, it, it's not even 10% of all the weight of materials that are recycled on an annual basis. And let's, we always want to focus sometimes on a minority number, and that is the plastics. But the big number that is being recycled on a daily basis, on an annual basis that goes into our daily lives are metals and paper. And let's not lose sight of that because that's the industry that needs support. That's the industry that's providing all the necessities of our daily lives. I've probably said that too much, and you're wondering, why am I repeating myself? Because it's worth repeating. It's worth repeating over and over till everybody knows, that school kids know, that their classroom and the stuff they use on a daily basis to be taught from kindergarten all the way through college all those buildings and all those electronics and every school buses they ride on and the cars they drive to school, all of that would not be available without the recycled materials industry. And we should be teaching that to our kids so they have a respect and an understanding where they get their daily products that they use, their refrigerators, the store food products, their stoves to cook it, and on and on. So... I'm very passionate about that. I think you can see that in the way I discuss this, but I believe I believe in it. So let, let me finish this off with talk about a few things. Gold. Would anybody think gold is waste or junk? Absolutely not. But gold not only is used in a, you know as a currency or a, a, a is used in electrical, it's used in NASA medical devices, it's actually used in drugs, cancer treatment, medical tools. Gold plays an important part in industrial applications. So nobody's going to call gold waste, right? Of course not. Silver, same thing. Silver, we think of jewelry first, but silver is also used in high electrical conductivity and batteries and, and photographs and, and solar and medicine. Platinum, again, another metals, just like gold and aluminum. Again, many industrial uses for it. Copper. Now, would you call copper waste? Would you call copper trash? Of course you wouldn't because copper is the main product used in any electrical component today, okay? And copper is antimicrobial properties, so it 
can be used in medical so bacteria doesn't grow on it and it doesn't survive on it. So copper, not only in the electrical grid, but in the medical field too. Aluminum, you know, and the construction materials made out of aluminum. Uh, aluminum is also big into knee braces and, and the medical supply. So again, would you call aluminum waste? Would you call aluminum trash? No, of course you wouldn't because copper and aluminum both are traded on exchanges. Uh, in the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, they trade copper and aluminum is traded on the LME, London Metals Exchange. So you would never call those products trash, waste or anything because they have value. And not only do they have value, they are used in so many products that we use in our daily lives. Stainless steel, again, same thing. Stainless uh, medical supplies, uh, cooking, you know, supplies of stoves and refrigerators, also medical, as I stated, you know, operating tables. So an iron, recycled iron, you know, a lot of people want to call it junk, want to call it waste. But again, how can you call a product that is being made into new products, waste or trash, waste or trash aren't being made into new products. So don't be calling any form of metals in the recycling industry, trash or waste, because that's just somebody else's attempt to devalue what it is we do. All these materials that we handle every day have a high value. Even old refrigerators, they have a market value. Old water heaters, they are traded and have value. And those materials are processed and sent to the steel mills to be made into many new steel products. It's not trash. You know, you don't bury appliances. Why? Because they have value and there are laws in, like in California where I live, you can't bury metal. Okay. So all these refrigerators and water heaters and stoves and other metals that end up in landfills, they get stored in one place and shipped off to who? To a metals recycler to be processed so that metal can be repurposed and sent in as the raw materials in the supply chain to make new steel. So it's paramount that people understand we are not junk, we are not scrap, we are not waste, and we are not trash. We have a high-value commodity of raw material that is used in the manufacturing process in this country. So I guess I might have been ranting a little bit, but you know what? It's important that people hear this message and we have to talk together in one voice so we can help educate the people out there what it is we do. So that's it for the first episode of Pile of Scrap in 2023. And I want to wish everybody a prosperous and healthy new year. And stay tuned for uh, later here in January, we will be releasing season one of Repurpose, our docu-series that is going to uh, feature the steel industry. And then in February, March, we will be doing paper and forestry and then uh, in early April, the aluminum uh, industry. And um, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this podcast. Anyway, everybody, you have a great new year, healthy, prosperous, and happy new year. God bless everybody and hope to see and talk to you soon. And that's it for another episode of Pile of Scrap. This has been a Sierra International Machinery original audio series. Thanks for listening. Please share this podcast and make sure to subscribe.